This is Greater Together, a podcast designed to give listeners an inside look at how small business owners grow and evolve over time to become greater. I'm Rachel Kershaw. I am here today with Melissa. I've known Melissa a long time. We yep. were together in a, in a different life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but today, Melissa is the co-founder of Haven Collective. You want to tell us a little bit about Haven and what you guys do here? Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to do a podcast with you based on our former life. It's funny to think, <laughs> you know, of us here now recording a podcast. <laughs> but yeah. uh, now it's really awesome to know you on this entrepreneurial journey as you're on the same journey and being able to call the own, our own shots. It's been fun. Um, here at Haven Collective, we work with entrepreneurs every day. So the majority of our members either own their own business or are someone working from home for another business and our goal is really to help create community and co-workers and all the fun things that you get being part of a company but um, you can actually have them here at a co-work right. on your own terms right. with all the fun amenities like yoga and meditation and on-site childcare and fun events and really just taking the whole idea of co-working into a more life balance situation because you're not just workers, you're people too. So how do we develop you personally and professionally? Absolutely. And I do think it's a, a big need. Working from home can get isolating mm-hmm. and draining. So it's nice to have places like Haven to come. Thank you. So you know the drill. There's basically three questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so question number one, let's just jump right in. What scared you when you first started out that doesn't scare you anymore? We could do a whole podcast on things that scare me, <laughs> but um, the biggest thing was really competition. Um, co-working is an awesome concept. There's a lot of them popping up everywhere. There are a lot of co-working spaces in Columbus. Yeah, and at first I saw every new one popping up as um, taking away from my potential business as, oh, am I going to be able to keep up? Am I going to have a space that's as nice? I don't have the means of some of these larger developers. And really, it's turned out to be the best possible thing that we did not approach the problem the same way as the bigger companies and the people with more means could do. Haven definitely doesn't feel like a uh, big company. It definitely doesn't feel like working for some 2,000 person space. And thank you. That's really what we aim to do. You know, we wanted to make sure that it always feels warm, inviting, um, unintimidating because of all the reasons we said earlier. Like working from home by yourself is hard enough, but we all need structure and some routine and some, some comfort. And I think that can be provided by your physical space. So, you know, at first I was afraid that those other co-works were going to be able to provide that and really have come to learn that if you're really focused on what you're trying to deliver to your customers on your user experience, you don't really have to worry much about competition because what is right for your customers is right for your customers. And if it's not right for someone, they're probably not your customer. Make sense? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So early on, especially, were you tempted to change your business because of something someone else was doing or because there was so much competition? So um, I won't say who it was, but early on I made sure to connect with 
other entrepreneurs in the Columbus community that were really doing it right. And advice that I got from one of them was to not even pay attention to my competition. And was that easy uh, to hear? I didn't agree with it because, you know, I had gone through business school and everything was about really understanding what's out there and competitive pricing and, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, you know, all that stuff. Do your market research, right. Exactly. And so while I totally agree you need to be aware, you can't let it be a distraction. And I think for a little while I let it be a distraction, but the minute I stopped, I was able to use that headspace for more creative endeavors and to really dig into, again, the user experience I wanted to provide. Um, One story I will share about the time when I was too focused Mm -hmm. um, was that I did find out that there was another co-work with childcare popping up and it crushed me. I think, I mean, you you know that feeling in your belly when you just want to throw up. Yeah, I I carried that around for about a week. Oh, that's no fun. No, and I just, I don't... Looking back, I wish I hadn't wasted that time, but I think it was a valuable lesson. It helped me to step back and see how they were doing things and think what I would do differently. It helped me to be innovative about pro- you know, problem solving. And it turned out in the end that it was a great thing that someone else was trying to solve the same problem because then I was challenged to do it completely different than them. One thing competition means is that there's a need, right? Correct, yeah. And you guys had two different answers, it sounds like. You vary. And so while they went one way and made it more of a childcare space that happened to have co-working, it further um, drove my point home with my business partner that we needed to be co-working that happened to have childcare and not the other way around. Um we like kids, but we also like that they're in our kids' club being taken care of so that our members can get their best work done. It is um, less about the kids. It's more about the parents. Like, that's who we're serving. Yeah. Nice. I mean, the kids have a great time, and they're very <laughs> well taken care of. And, you know, we want it to be a space where parents feel really, really confident that their children are, you know, being focused on. Um, but that does not take the front seat to what we do here every day. So in terms of today, um, is competition still something that you struggle with? Um, you know, I'm really proud of myself because just yesterday, of course, Columbus Business First announced that WeWork is looking to come into Columbus. Ah. Old Melissa would have been nauseated and, oh, my God, what am I going to do? New Melissa is like, awesome. WeWork has seen that Columbus is where it's at. This city is amazing, and it's getting national recognition, and we're on the right path because co-working is amazing. Yeah. And honestly, like, I knew that for every person who would walk into WeWork, about half of them would be like, this is not for me. Let me run toward Haven. Awesome. That's a great idea. Like, it was just like a whole, like, I actually, in that moment, the fact that I was able to just swipe and delete it and not even, like, read the article was a total change for me. That's, that's definitely a healthier mindset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, question number two, what did you used to spend a lot of time on, but today not so much? Oh, my goodness. I think in the beginning, social media was, like I think many entrepreneurs, it just took up so much time and every post was so thought out and every word. And, and I think it's because we want so badly to share our vision with the world and it's this awesome resource that's free. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a tool that can level the playing field to a certain degree. 
Um, it's a platform for getting your message out and you want it to be like on brand and on point. Oh yeah, it's a small business's best friend. It really is. It can also be your mental health worth ni- worst nightmare. Absolutely. It so can take up all your time. It really can, and it did for a long time and I think it was necessary at the time. We attracted many of our first members that way. We got word out about what we were doing that way. So, um, thankfully, it's a tool that exists. Mm-hmm. However, I think social media is easy to hide behind. It's much easier to post something from the comfort of behind your screen than it is to get out there and look someone in the eye and tell them what you're doing. Yeah, it's like, check, I did something. I promoted my business today. Did you really? Because if you can't get in front of people and talk about this amazing thing that you've hitched your wagon to, that was a big shift for me. Just knowing that I had to come out from behind the social media feed, that it wasn't going to be as perfect as some of these Instagram stars and and all these people with large follower counts. Um, And then it didn't have to be for me to be successful. Um, That was big for me, just getting out from behind that and getting more out into the public and focusing more on interacting with people um, in person. And then also interacting more on social, worrying less about the posting and worrying more about like getting to know people. The actual engagement. Yes. The other magic word, right? Well, that's fun. Being that I'm a salesperson, never before have salespeople had tools like this. So it was fun to explore what sales could look like when you could easily click around enough to find a new Instagram bestie, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So how much time do you think you spent early on? Just on social media? Just on social, yeah. Um, Probably eight to ten hours a week. That's a lot of time. Between, well, and I'm adding my time and Danielle's time because she's a much stronger writer, so she does our blogs. She works on our newsletters. Of course, we don't just do Instagram. We have Facebook. We have LinkedIn. You know, there's a lot of components to it. So actually... It's probably more like 10 to 15 hours. As I say, you guys put out a lot of content. If that was only 10 hours, you're a machine. Danielle is a machine. That is true. <laughs> I can caption my heart out. Like, I can, you sit me down in front of a 30-day list of posts, and I can, I can caption them all in probably an hour. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know what, though? We know our brand and our brand story and what we stand for. It is natural now. Yeah. You know, we know what our users are experiencing, what they need, the encouragement we want to give them. It's just not something we have to think too hard about anymore. So in addition to the the just sort of finding your groove in terms of talking about your brand, are there tools or systems that you put in place that help you save some of that time? Uh, Yeah, so... There are a number of systems that will help you, like Planoly, Later, Hootsuite, you know, any of them. And I think, depends on who you ask, most social media managers will tell you to do everything manually. But I really, my mind is more technical than that. I just need to, I like Later. Short answer, I like Later. Because I can see everything outlined, I can caption everything, I can see the story we're telling, and it helps me to understand where there's holes in our content. So finding that tool and starting to use that tool has been wonderful. Also dividing and conquering better, you know, with my focus on sales and Danielle's focus on marketing, it has been very freeing to hand off the reins to all marketing efforts and be able to focus really on the engagement and the follow through of what's happening in our marketing. 
So how much time do you think you spend now? On marketing? Or on social media? On social media, probably an hour, a week, maybe two. That is a whole lot less. That's yeah. That's like a tenth as much time. Yeah, it's fabulous. It's been so, so good for me mentally. Was there any impact for, I mean, that's cutting your hours in ten. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, you know, our follower count is not rising as fast. Our engagement is not as high. And I'm okay with it. I think that the work that I'm able to do in place of that social media work is more important. Like it has just allowed me to think more about serving our current customers, really hearing from them what they need, thinking through how we're going to grow based on their needs. You know, all the things that are hard to do when you're just chasing after the next follower. Absolutely. And followers don't always turn into sales either. No. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that's why people want followers is for Mm -hmm. sales. So in terms of that actual bottom line, has it changed anything? Not at all. If anything, you can just never go wrong when you just focus on your current customer. I like it. Like, my only goal is to make them have a productive, happy day. Well, what's the what's the quote? Something about um, attrition is much cheaper, like to prevent attrition than to prevent, yeah, or you, you know, know, retention is way is way easier than acquisition. Like there it's just, go. I mean, you can say it a bunch of different ways, but serving your current customer, you will never lose. Sounds good to me. All right, question number three: What did you let go of? Like letting go of control or straight up outsourcing. So I mentioned earlier that handing over the reins fully on marketing, that was a big thing. We did that at the beginning of this year. But then also I managed the finances and the bookkeeping and everything to the penny from the beginning. (laughs) Um, I think knowing your numbers is critical for success. So I'll never fully let go. But I've been able to bring in help and let someone else do the bookkeeping so that I can level up and do more of the management by looking at reporting. So you still know all the money to the penny. You're just not yes. creating the reports anymore. Correct. So, and I think I had to do that to start because, again, like you just have to know your numbers. You, you do. It has helped me to understand the ebbs and flows of our seasonality, to understand our, um, I mean, I could go on and on. Just the metrics, numbers don't lie. They don't, but as someone who made a lot of reports throughout their career, I gotta say you can tweak them. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate somebody not panicking because they don't understand them. So I think it's I think it's nice that you understand them. I think that was probably useful. Yeah, I mean that was definitely something I learned in my corporate career, and I think it was a key to my success from early on. Knowing my numbers has always made me feel more prepared in meetings better able to make smart decisions, better able to um, let go of some of those nauseous feelings sometimes, some of those, you know, because fact not feeling is like a big thing in my life. Like, let's look at the facts. Sure. Definitely you have to go off intuition. A big part of this is intuition. But when you look at numbers, you can see things for what they are and come up with a rational plan of action versus reacting based on emotion. Right. No, absolutely. And that's a lot of putting together a good report. It's not panicking, but digging in and finding out what's really going on. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it's been such a blessing to be able to bring in help. We found 
a woman to work with who shares our core values. She's an amazing asset to our team, someone I'm really hoping will stay with us in the long term and grow with us. And um, it's been very freeing to allow her to do the crunching and the detail work and serve up reporting to me so I can function like a true founder. Nice. Yeah. So did you do a clean drop? It doesn't sound like it. Well, with anything, we have proprietary systems and things that help us manage our membership that require a handoff period. You know, So it's about 60 days that we'll be in transition. It took 20 days for me to hand off the bookkeeping and then now she'll serve up her first set of reports and we'll we'll tweak and get her knowledgeable about our membership system. So we, we kind of have a, a two-month plan to get her fully handling it. So have you run into any cases yet where you just know you would have done something differently than she's doing? Not at all. No? Mm-mm. Sounds like a really great fit. Yeah, it's been great. And I think um, also something continuously learned (laughs) in my past life is just you have to really be smart about hiring and make sure that it's not just um, a fit from the aspect that they can do the work but it's a cultural fit you know it's it's as much soft skills as it is technical skill and it took us a long time to find her find somebody who understands why you care about the reports in the first place right what you're looking for exactly um and so i will give the advice that, you know, don't just make hiring, checking a box. Like, it should take time, and you should interview really deeply to make sure you get the right people. So what's been the biggest perk so far of letting go, of, of not doing the reporting yourself? Oh, my gosh. It's it's such a luxury. It still feels like a luxury to be able to think longer term, bigger picture. You know, my part of the partnership is really strategy, And when you're in all those details and bogged down by the to-do list, it's a little bit harder to do the strategy work. So it's been really wonderful to think about the surprise and delight we can provide for our customers, looking back at the user experience, how we can tweak it and make it better, um, looking at the numbers and figuring out where we can invest, coming up with the plan for growth. I can go on and on like there's just it's nice to have the time to think about how to take the minimum viable product we put out there and actually come up with version two so the outsourcing didn't actually save you time it just lets you use that time on higher order right it's it's giving me I hate this expression I shouldn't even say it but it's allowed me to work on the business instead of in the business (laughs) (laughs) that is one we say a lot isn't it yeah So um, if there's one thing that you want to say to anybody who's listening to sort of help them on their own path towards growing as a business owner, one mm-hmm. sort of takeaway from everything we've talked about, or more than one, whatever you've yeah. got. Because I have the distinct pleasure of working with so many entrepreneurs every day, the common theme is perfection. I think there is a lot of that in yeah. entrepreneurial circles. There really is. and. Naturally. I mean, this is your baby. You're putting it out to the world and you're proud of it and you understand it at a level that no one else does. But at the same time, I think it's kind of bullshit. <laughs> you know, like, I do. who do we think we are? We're just people and everybody has the same struggles. Everybody, I don't care what lies are telling you to your face. Like, we all have the same insecurities. We all have the same things that worry us. And it's just 
so much easier to be real once you let go. Like letting go and being real, you can learn so much, you'll attract more authentic people to your life. And people do business with people, not Mm -hmm. companies. And so I found that when I was able to shed this perfection and this idea that Haven had to be like a WeWork. Haven's way prettier. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Once I was able to shed that, that idea of perfection, that um, imposter syndrome, some people will call it, um, the most amazing people have come into my life. It's kind of like, oh, wait, you're real, so am I. Oh, wait, that scares you, me too. Like, oh, let's roll up our sleeves and solve that together. And it's like, that's how you build community. That's how you have deep connection. That's how you make the work you're doing more than work. That was a lot. I said a lot. But draw it all back to you don't have to be perfect. Being real is so much more fun. And you'll meet a lot cooler people in the process. That sounds like awesome advice. I definitely <laughs> agree. <laughs> so, bonus question. Yeah. What still scares you today? You're about two years in right now, right? Um, technically, we're a little outside of a year since we fully opened. But, yeah, it depends, give or take. Um, I have... A strong, strong sense of responsibility, you know, to my family. Danielle's my family too. My business partner, you know, is is more like family than a co-founder. Um, and I just sometimes I feel the weight of what I want this to be for them. Sure. And I feel the weight of this just being common. Like I want it to be something so amazing and so much bigger than what it is today. I like hearing the fame. Theme song in my head right now. <laughs> and you know, it's not for accolades. It's not for, you know, maybe some of the reasons some people might think. It's more just, I'm one person and it feels like there's still such a mountain to climb. And how do I do it? And, and there's days where I want to just take it easy on myself and be like, no, you've done something great already. And there's days where I'm like, you have one life, sister. Mm-hmm. Like, make this awesome. Leave a legacy. So, you know. Hopefully you can do both. You can both yeah. day off and leave a legacy. Gosh, yeah. I hope. Yeah, I know. But I think I'm on the right path if this is what I think about even on my days off. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a still what I'm, I jump out of bed excited to do this. And I just want there to be a haven in every community serving as many parents and, you know, normal, good, kind people as possible. And it's just like, how do I get there? You know, I I just don't want this to turn into some corporate greed situation. I want it to be authentic and serve people and be real. And the magnitude of that sometimes scares me. I think that's a really lofty goal, but I think you are well on your way. <laughs> I do not think the uh, corporate greed monster is going to get you. No, I, let's hope not. <laughs> <laughs> It was awesome talking with you, and thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. What's the website people can go to for more information about Haven? Thank you for that. Uh, HavenColumbus.com. Thank you so much. Yeah, have a good one. Thanks for listening. Visit GreaterTogetherPodcast.com for more episodes, to submit a question for next season, to recommend a guest, and to leave feedback. Greater Together is brought to you by Greater Columbus Consulting helping focus your vision, organize your operations, and grow your organization. Greater Columbus Consulting specializes in social enterprises, nonprofits that want to capitalize on their strengths, 
and for-profit businesses that are working towards a higher purpose.